It's the Pages of Popcorns Podcast. Jennifer and Kelly will edify It's the Pages of Popcorns Podcast. Jennifer and Kelly are gonna talk, so you'd better damn well listen. Hello and welcome to this very special supplemental episode, our... <laughs> I was going to say our third annual, but it's not because we didn't do it last year. Our second annual recap of books for the year, the end of the year. Everybody does their lists, right? Best of, worst of, etc. How 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 are we any different from everybody else? We're not. So it's our turn. Well, we could do six books and just be one extra because we are extra. We are extra. I don't actually, you know what? I don't remember how many I have. But yeah, yeah. So, but this is what we're going to do, man. We're going to talk about books, not necessarily books that came out in 2020, but books that we read in 2020, except that I cheated. And I think I have at least one that I read in 2019 because I uh, had eye surgery in 2020 and didn't read nearly as many books in 2020 as I normally do. So there. Also, fair warning, we're in the same book club. We have a book club overlap because I know we're both in other book clubs, but there is a book club that we both are in. So there might be overlap of titles as well. Intriguing. And this year, not only are we going to do our best and our worst of 2020 of books that we read, but we're going to talk about the best and the worst of the books that we read specifically for this podcast as its own little special category. So uh, happy new year, Jennifer. Happy 2021 and happy January. Yes. So do you want to start with the good or the bad, Jennifer? Oh, we always start with the good because it's just so much more fun to rag on the bad stuff. <laughs> but we're also doing something a little extra special this time is that we're going to have like our lifelong achievement award book, something that meant something really special to us that doesn't necessarily go into the year. <laughs> you are going to do that because you, you said that in our chat and I was like, yeah, that sounds great. And then I immediately forgot that that was a thing and, and totally didn't do, did not prepare. So, so my lifetime achievement book will come next year. <laughs> Well, let's talk about the best books that we read in 2020. Uh, we can go back and forth. That could be fun. So sure. Okay. So the, one of the ones that I read in 2020 that I really liked is called Everything I Never Told You. And it was the debut novel by Celeste Ng. She wrote Little Fires Everywhere, which we covered on the, on the book club. But this was her first novel, Everything I Never Told You. It's about a mixed race Chinese American family. Their middle daughter is found drowned in a lake, which basically starts the book off. But it's a whole lot of family drama. There's a lot of parental expectations. There's teenagers. It's coming of age. There's a surprise LGBTQ character. It was profoundly sad, but it made me very grateful to my own mother. And it uh, made me want to be a better mother to my daughter. And I really, really, really liked it. Um, like I said, I read it after Little Fires Everywhere because I liked Celeste's writing so much, but this was her debut novel. And I, yeah, I highly recommend it. Everything I never told you. So there. Excellent. I'm interested. Yes. How about you? Give me a book that you like okay. in 2020. I am going to start off with a series rather than a single book. It's called The Murderbot Diaries. And you've probably heard me talk about this ad nauseum in book club because I love it so much. It's by Martha Wells and starts off with this uh, computer system, kind of a cyborg entity creature that 
gets disconnected from the corporate machine and all the other bots are murdering scientists. And so it's the one that kind of wakes up and goes, oh, this, this shouldn't be happening. Uh oh. Okay. And so it, that starts the journey through all these books of trying to figure out what's going on with, you know, these, these murder bots murdering people. And it does consider itself a murder bot. It calls itself murder bot. And it's just a delightful thing. I never thought I would love this misanthropic construct who hates humans and yet has this odd protective thing of wanting to help them, even though it doesn't like humans and is constantly annoyed by humans. I love that. I love how you're saying it's a murder bot, but it's super fun and like, yeah. 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 So it's, <laughs> it's the most cuddly murder bot who would hate to be called cuddly. <laughs> Most murder bots hate to be called cuddly, but this one in particular. <laughs> it's a really engaging story. I think Martha Wells is a fantastic writer. She's one of my favorite writers. Uh, so, yeah, if you want sci-fi and comedy and not have you know aliens from Zarquad, little Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy reference there, it's a different type of humor, but it's fantastic. Cool. Check it out. Next a book that I enjoyed in 2020. We actually read in on our mutual book club and it was called New Boy. Is that the Hamlet one? No, not Hamlet, but Shakespeare. So it was uh, published in 2017. It's The Tragedy of Othello is transported to a 1970s suburban Washington schoolyard where kids fall in and out of love with each other before lunchtime and practice a casual racism picked up from their parents and teachers speaking over the shoulders of four 11-year-olds, which are Osei, D, Ian, and his reluctant girlfriend, Mimi. Tracy Chevalier's novel, it's a powerful drama of friends torn apart by jealousy, bullying, and betrayal. That's obviously the pitch on the back of the book. And I agree with it. It was really, really good. The entire story takes place in one day. And I love that kind of thing. It's like kind of like a bottle episode and where everything's really contained, but also it has a lot of depth. And even though they're 11 year olds, it's, it's just really good. And it's dark. And even though, you know, cause you know, you know how Othello ends. I found myself going, they can't end it that way. No, no, no. It's going to end differently. And I was so optimistic. And then of course I might, you know, spoilers. I was, it was Othello <laughs> spoilers, Othello. <laughs> um, but I won't, I won't say any more about it than that. Uh, I don't want to give it away too much, but it was, it was good. It was surprisingly good. I was not expecting to like it because I don't like Shakespeare that much, but I really liked this book. So new boy. All right. So the next one I'm going to recommend is a nonfiction. It's one I read at the beginning of the year because when something political happens and everyone's throwing around opinions, I kind of want to know a little bit more about what's going on. And I don't think our Middle Eastern history is done very well in schools. So the book I read, and it's usually in one of the top 10 books, if you want to know, understand the Middle East a little bit better, is All the Shah's Men, An American Coup in and the Roots of Middle Eastern Terror by Stephen Kitzner. And so this goes into the 1953 CIA coup of Iran. And this explains a lot of our tensions with the Middle East and specifically with Iran. We overthrew a democratic government. And since then, it's been awful, but it goes into the religion, the history of that religion, what it means to have a democracy, what it, the mullah meant, um, and how their hatred towards Britain got shifted towards us. Hmm. 
So there's a lot of fallout from World War II. If you want to understand the coup, Islamic fundamentalism, this part of Middle Eastern politics, I would totally recommend it. It was a very fascinating read. So it's one of those reads. It, it's almost a little bit more like, um, oh, who did the Hunt for Red October? Tom Clancy? Yeah, it almost reads a little bit more like a Tom Clancy novel with all the politics, but it's really fascinating what happens. And so he's just a fantastic writer. Huh. So, yeah, I totally recommend this for a, a look into Islam, into Middle Eastern history, into the history of Iran and U.S. issues with them and why we have these problems. Um, along with that, I would recommend uh, A Peace to End All Peace, but... This is the one that I'm going for this podcast this time. Okay. Uh, I did not have a nonfiction on my list this year. I had one from the year before. Actually, I don't remember when I read. But I, uh, I'm, you know, I'm going to throw it in. I'm going off script, Jennifer. Hold, up, hold the phone. Um, <laughs> I read, and I can't remember if it was 2019 or 2020, but it was called Prisoners of Geography, 10 Maps That Changed the World. And 2019. Actually, was it 2019? Because we read it in book yeah. club too, huh? Yeah, okay. Yeah, well, it's a really good one. You know what? We didn't do a 2019 wrap-up, so I'm just going to add this in. It was really good. I didn't get a very great history education. Please don't come at me about public school. I went to private school and did not get a very good history education. And so this book really opened up my eyes and taught me a lot of stuff about history and political science. And some of it was just obvious stuff that I'd never even occurred to me before. And others of it was just fascinating. I really enjoyed it. I heard about it from Joshua Molina from the West Wing because he mentioned it in the West Wing weekly podcast one time randomly. And I was like, I like Joshua Molina. I'm going to read this book. And it was so good. So that's a nonfiction blast from the past. I, yeah. Yeah. It, it, it says like how geography defines us in ways that you wouldn't expect. Exactly. And like how the fact that you have mountains or valleys or, you know, access to the ocean or whatever can totally change the the culture of your country in terms of, you know, the emotions of the people and like what they think is important and not. And like the, the concept of America going from the Pacific to the Atlantic is just, it's, it's, it's a big ass thing. It's a major part of our psyche. And, you know, that basically North America is three countries, you know, and, and we're, we're like the, the one that has a lot of power and whatever. So I, yeah, it's just, it's very interesting, whatever. Okay. Okay. But on my actual list right now, <laughs> um, I have a memoir, which was educated, which was uh, published in 2018. It's a memoir by American author, Tara Westover. And Westover recounts overcoming her survivalist Mormon family in order to go to college. She emphasizes the importance of education to enlarging your world. She details her journey from her isolated lives in the mountains of Idaho to completing her PhD program at Cambridge University. She started college at the age of 17 after having no formal education. And her book explores her struggle to reconcile her desire to learn with the radical world that she inhabited with her family. And oh my gosh, her Mormon family was a lot. I read this book on a plane uh, back in the time when we used to go places on planes. And uh, <laughs> it was really good. And I really enjoyed it. And it made me cry. And it made me angry. And it was, it was good. And I have a hard time with memoirs because I always feel like you either have to have done something extraordinary or be an extraordinary storyteller. Otherwise, what's the point? Why are you special? Blah, blah, blah. And she is a 
pretty decent storyteller and her story is super compelling and interesting. Um, cough, cough, skip Hillbilly Elegy and read this one instead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the which she talks about her mother's car accident and just not getting medical care and the consequences of that was really heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. And the stuff with her brother and like just this insidious family and like you could see the generations continuing it. Um, it's, it's pretty harsh. So yeah. Anyways. Okay. Your turn. So I am going to recommend I'll be gone in the dark. One woman's obsessive search for the golden state killer by Michelle. Unfortunately, the late Michelle uh, McNamara. I found this really, really fascinating because she has such a such a clear narrative when she's talking about this, and her observations are really fascinating. Uh, so one that struck me was when she was talking to detectives, and she says they don't like sarcasm, they don't like wordplay, and I'm married to a comedian. I'm used to grand gestures and everybody overdoing all their expressions. And detectives are the exact opposite. You have to get used to micro expressions and her dealings with them. So just her obsession about this is what got this killer caught eventually. Uh, but it's amazing how much material she put together. And her brain is just fascinating. It was fascinating to be able to be allowed into her brain for this period of time. So unfortunately, the book uh, ends with colleagues and her husband adding chapters because she died before it was published. But she was a fantastic writer. So I would recommend that very highly. And her husband is Patton Oswald, right? That's yes. Yeah. 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 Very cool. Yeah. It's one of those moments where I found out, really, your wife did that? You just became like 25% more interesting. <laughs> okay, my next recommendation is a book um, also from Book Club, and it was called Kindred by Octavia Butler. Uh, we have Dana, who's a modern Black woman. She's celebrating her 26th birthday with her new husband when she's snatched abruptly, magically, from her home in California and transported to the antebellum South, where she finds a young boy named Rufus, this white son of a plantation owner, about to drown. So she saves him. And as the book continues, she keeps getting drawn back in time to this house, to this family, to this boy named Rufus, who keeps putting himself in danger. But all of her time there is, is like, it's longer and it's dangerous. And can she stay? She doesn't have any control. At one point, her husband gets transported with her back in time it, it's it's like a whole oh my gosh th this book is so good and it is it it's kept me on the edge of my seat I did not know how it was going to end I could totally see it going a zillion different directions Octavia Butler is an amazing author I think she handles the issues of racism in a way that makes it brutally honest and believable like not I'm going to say believable, but it's not like you wouldn't believe it, but just like it, it makes it so authentic that you can't look away. And at the same time, I feel like she's not preaching at you or making you feel stupid if you didn't know any better, or if this was like shocking to you. I don't know. I just love Octavia Butler, but I, this book was, was great. Octavia Butler is also passed on, which is sad, but this book is great and it is called Kindred. And it's this very interesting speculative fiction because the time travel aspect, the magic part is never fully explained. So it's not like there's a secret portal or a magic amulet or a wizard with a wand, you know, like there's no time machine. There's just apparently 
some kind of supernatural force that is doing this thing. And I totally dig it. So yeah, uh, sometimes less is more. I loved this book. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sometimes it's good to have the mechanics and sometimes it takes away from the point of the story. The story isn't about how the magic works. The story is, this is race relations. Right, and, and how you dealt with, and, yeah. Yeah, how do you deal with consequence and people who are connected? It's a, it's a fantastic book and Octavia Butler is one of my favorite speculative fiction writers. So she does some really fascinating things, um, especially when it comes to race and sort of flipping things on their head and, and doing intelligent, smart storytelling. Yep. Yeah. So I would totally put that on my top five of the year, but since you already did it and we're going to have a variety, I'm going to add something else. Okay. <laughs> okay. So this is going to be my third and last uh, nonfiction. And I kind of sort of have a relationship with an Irish guy and I realized like we, I kind of know that there's this history of issues. I've seen um, the name of the father, but I don't know a whole lot about what's happened so say nothing a true story of murder and memory in northern ireland by patrick uh, keith is amazing again he's a very very clear storyteller he goes into a lot of detail of what's going on but it's never overwhelming you never kind of lose focus of what's going on even though he goes through all these different sections it starts with this woman who was kidnapped and her family never saw her again. Her children were orphaned. That was it. She was just taken by thugs in the middle of the night. And so it follows her story. It follows what happened with her children who wound up um, in orphanages and were unfortunately sexually abused. But that's one story amid sort of to humanize what's going on with all these other politics. So what's going on, why it happened. It, it was just absolutely brilliant. And, and how people would band together and tear each other apart. So if you want to know more about the history of Ireland and the troubles that have been happening uh, during the 70s, fantastic book. I feel like I heard about this either on Vox or, or NPR or somewhere. I've, I've heard of this book, but yeah. Okay, my last highlight book uh, from 2020 slash 2019 is a book that was very surprising to me and it was called an excess male so debut author maggie shen king an excess male is the chilling dystopian tale of politics inequality marriage love and rebellion set in near future china so this book gave me a lot of handmade tales vibes but here it is it's china's one child policy and its cultural preference for the male heirs has created a society overrun by 40 million unmarriageable men by the year 2030 more than 25 percent of men in their late 30s uh, will not have a family of their own so an excess male is one such leftover man's quest for love and family under the state and basically it's about a guy named Wei Guo, and he holds fast to the belief that as long as he continues to improve himself that he and his small business then in turn um he will be able to get a home and a family and marriage and such so he finally saves up enough money for the dowry um 
you know, in order to start like the whole matchmaking process, um, he's going to have to be like the lowest rung, basically a third husband, which is the maximum allowed by, by the laws. And there's this one family and it turns out why is this family willing to take this guy? You know, he doesn't have a lot of money and, you know, the third husband, but they have their own secrets. They're kind of harboring somebody. There's some stuff going on. So, you know, they've got their kind of issues and, uh, and it just be, kind of becomes this thing about loyalty and, and love. And I just, I really liked the idea of a different kind of family unit being portrayed, not as creepy or weird, you know, um, but just like, okay, so this is the world that, that is here. And what do you do within that world? And people still have, you know, interactions and relationships that need by you know that need work or are viable and are interesting and then you've got this whole like secret government conspiracy thing where they're like killing people too like so there's like this mystery aspect and i don't know dude it was it was surprising and it was good and i liked it and also speculative fiction but also not the speculative fiction of you know pew pew lasers and robots <laughs> and stuff so <laughs> uh yeah no i really liked it it was good an excess mail. okay i i'm sold i want to read that now yeah, I'll have to loan it to you. I have it here. And, you know, I think I got it. I think it was recommended to me at my speculative fiction conference that I used to go to regularly. And I bought it and then it just sat here on the shelf for a long time. And then in 2020, I was like, ah, I'm going to pick this book up and read it. Why not? And I read it. And I'm so glad I did. So, okay. So th that's the end of my best ofs. Okay. So my pick is going to be something from our podcast. Wait, wait. For it's worst? Or are you still in best? For, for best. I'm still oh, okay. in my best category. Okay, okay. I have one left. Okay. And this one I haven't read before, and I just thought it was incredibly cute. Ella Enchanted, Gail Carson Levine. Ella Enchanted is on my list of favorites from our podcast in 2020 as well. Yeah, it's just really adorable. And I think we only found one thing where we're like, yeah, that's kind of problematic. But the yeah. rest of it is so good. It's endearing. It's fantastic to have a character who is smart and clever and fixes her own problems and doesn't let circumstances define her. I love that she was smart and yes. also not a Mary Sue. And, you know, she made some mistakes, but she, she figured she was clever. I appreciate that. I like clever heroines. So, and there's also a lot to be said about persistence. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, yeah. she keeps, she doesn't, she doesn't let herself get bogged down and it's a fantastic uh, thing to learn is that sometimes bad things happen and you can't let that end what you're doing you still have to keep going i i love the world that levine built where all these different groups had cultures you know you felt like the elves were organic and had their own culture they weren't flat yeah even though just like ogres the thing. and yeah the, yeah no for sure i really liked that i really did um well, since you're talking about things that we did for the podcast that you liked, I will include one that I thought we, one of my favorites from our 2020 season, <laughs> Little Fires Everywhere, also by <laughs> Celeste Ning. Really good. It was fun to talk to Catherine about it. I don't know, for those of you who have listened to that episode and hear Kalia, hear me, basically being schooled on race relations and waking up to some like pretty profound realizations in real time. So good, good on Catherine for, you know, like not shying away from pointing out, yo, Kalia, like there's a reason why that never occurred to you, white girl. Um, I just, I loved it so much. It was fun talking to her. The book was really good. I'd read it before and um, I enjoyed both the book 
and the the miniseries for different reasons but you know my whole rant you can hear about it in that episode but yeah so anything else from um our 2020 year we did 18 episodes anything else i on your have list? another one that i'm going to add that it's not a perfect book but i think it's an important book and that is born on the fourth of july by ron kovic mm-hmm. okay there's a lot that's going on right now um, without getting into too many details about politics, about how mobs work, how we deal with protests, about nationalism versus patriotism. And there's much to be learned from this book. So as I said, it's not perfect, but it has a lot of heart and it has a lot to say. So I would say it's very worthwhile to read. Okay. One of my favorites from our 2020 season was Simon versus the Homeo Sapiens Agenda. Uh, the movie was Love, Simon. Oh my gosh, this book was so cute and happy <laughs> and fluffy and I loved it. So yes. And it was fun to talk to Chris about it too. Oh, that's weird. I just picked two in a row that weren't with you. But that's nothing to do with Are anything. You oh, no. Kayla? <laughs> no, no. <laughs> no, it was just fun to have this happy LGBT book that was, was, I mean, you know, it was just fun. It was a fun book. It was a light, fun, happy, fluffy read. So, um, and I can think back to that time before the author did some problematic things and now there's like controversy and blah, blah, blah. Ah, but earlier in 2020, um, in a simpler time before all of that, <laughs> I, <laughs> I I really enjoyed the book. That's what I'm saying. Oh yeah, my other one that I really enjoyed reading in 2020 for our podcast was Jurassic Park because I hadn't read it and it was a very enjoyable book. Yeah, I've been wanting to reread it. Uh, Michael Crichton did turn out to be a kook in his later days, but this book was just fun. It's a fun, well researched, well thought out, fun popcorn book. It's enjoyable. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And and the I, and the little comfies eating Hammond, I just love. I love it so much <laughs> when bad guys get eaten by little tiny dinosaurs. <laughs> okay, so let's talk about things we didn't like. Oh, fun! You can go first. Tell me a book you read in 2020 that you didn't like. Okay, so one of my top books, I just went, really, what the fuck are you doing, dude? was Ghost Virus by Graham Masterton, who is supposed to be a pretty good crime, mystery, sci-fi sort of Dean Koontz. And it was so goddamn stupid. Okay, so when you find out what the ghost virus is, it's just really pathetic. And it's like, wow, you really, really couldn't come up with something better than that. It's, it's kind of like when Stephen King wanted to make the toilet scary and Dreamcatcher, and he had shit weasels. And you're just going, really? That's that's what you're going with? That's that's your big scary thing? Okay. Why why did I read this? So I don't have many hate books because after 50 pages, I usually just stop and don't. But this one, it it was the ending that really got to me that went, uh, uh, That sucks. Yeah. There, so, I, uh, I had a book. Um, I didn't put it on my list because I didn't finish it. <laughs> but <laughs> because I refused. <laughs> but it was like... It was a book that I, that, here, I'll, I'll tell you. It was called Gingerbread. It's by Helen Oyani. I like, it sounded really cute. And like, it might have a little bit of magical realism. And I got, I don't even know, maybe 20 pages in. And I was like, I don't like this. I don't like the style and I don't like the magic. And I don't, I don't like it. So I didn't finish it. And it was 
there was like a magical land maybe that may or may not exist. It was just too much. It was too much magical stuff that it was hard to know like what was and what wasn't and what you were supposed to be understanding and what, you know, you have to have faith when you're reading something that the author is going to explain that what you need to know. And so like, even if you don't know in chapter one, two, three, four, five, like what's going on, you have faith that you're going to figure it out. And I had no faith. I was just like, I feel like you're just making crap up. And I don't know if you're actually going to actually explain it, or if you're just going to be like, it's mysterious. So maybe that's a very un unfair judgment, but I didn't, I didn't finish it. And yeah. Yeah. But one book that I did finish that I also really disliked, was called The Shunning. Oh, yes. <laughs> it was by Beverly Lewis. And it's about an Amish girl who finds out that there's like a secret in her family. And then there's shunning. And it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> the secret is stupid. The shunning is stupid. The, the way everybody's written is stupid. I just, oh my God, I, I really disliked this book. I disliked everything about this book. I, I don't even know if I can be more articulate than that. This book just was off. I just, I really, 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 really there, did not like this book. There were few too many coincidences to start with. Uh, yeah. Things were yeah. just like matching up way too easily. And you're like, that's not how life works. And also it was super obvious. Oh, I found this baby dress in a, in a thing. Also, I don't look anything like my family. Also, I'm completely different from everybody. Also, my mother has a secret. Also like, okay. And I'm sorry, all that happened in the first chapter. So like, and then when they're like, here's the surprise. Oh yeah. I'm not going to spoil it for you listeners, but here's the surprise. And you're like, I'm not surprised. Like, are, am I supposed to be surprised? Are we reading the same book? Like, I just, no, nope. Nope. And right out of that. Moving on. What's another book okay. you didn't like, Jennifer? I'm going to pick this one because it was really popular. It was nominated on Goodreads as like one of their best of for horror. Mexican Gothic by Silvia Moreno Garcia. And it was incredibly boring. Oh, it is it, just kind of a malaise and again when you find out the thing it's it's just such a letdown of what the thing is so yeah, yeah it was it was drawn out there's just chapters and chapters of you know we're going to wander in the garden and i can't leave the house and then i'll wander the house and be angry at people and we'll have <laughs> these odd sort of conflicts that could have been easily resolved but they shouldn't be because of novel purposes so yeah this is one i would say avoid i it's it's not worth the hype okay i've got one that was also incredibly boring um when it really shouldn't have been because the premise okay it's called an anonymous girl ah that's on my list too is it <laughs> yes <laughs> i don't think we read that for book club either it was just something that we just both read this year <clears throat> did we not read it for book club i thought we read maybe it for we book did club. I know that some other book club members of our book club read it because I know that one of our fellow book club people had borrowed it from the library and then COVID happened and she couldn't return it and she was complaining because it lived in her oh, house for yes. like six months. <laughs> and she was like, I just don't want this book anywhere near me. <laughs> Hi, Amy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. So basically, yeah, that was on my list too. So this girl agrees to be a test subject in a psychological study about ethics and morality. 
but like in the most CW way ever. And um, as the study moves forward, she realizes that like, like the line between what's real and what's part of the study is like blurred. And like, she's being manipulated by like the person doing the study because somehow like the person doing the study is not legit and like also not i don't okay i can't even there's so many problems there's so many problems with it being a psychologist there's so many problems with it being a study it's so many problems with the writing and the coincidences and the cliches and everybody's behavior is bad it's just badly written and it's predictable and it's unbelievable and it's ultimately incredibly boring yeah and just some of the twists are insane it- and when i'm in the doctor's head i like people don't actually think like this this is bad writing this is not how humans behave yeah it's like okay i feel like the author wanted to do a psychological thriller where the psychological like baddie was a woman which is cool except that no the way she did it was wrong (laughs) it has over overtones of gone girl when you think it's this but it's not going to be that it's going to be this thing over here yeah but the thing over there is not better it's not an interesting twist it's kind of like M. Night Shyamalan trying to make a twist and you're going that's not a twist dude that's just dumb that's just a thing that happened yeah and 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 trying too hard I think is what was really happening here the author was trying too hard to make it interesting trying too hard to make it psychologically thrilling trying too hard to justify bad behavior and then bad choices and like not just like I'm a character who's going to make a bad choice because I'm 23 and make bad choices. Or this is my character flaw that sometimes I make bad choices. No, like they would make choices that no sane person or even an insane, like no person would make these choices. It just, it, it didn't make any sense. So yeah, boo, boo on this. Um, sorry, Target and a bunch of good ruse people who think that this is a good book because you're wrong. Okay. Yes. So one from our podcast I want to be alone in the cold, <laughs> in space, in the Wait. north. Oh, and see, I didn't count that because that that came out in 2021. I know you technically read it in 2020, but because that's part of our podcast season for 2021, I did not put that on my list. Of course, okay, listeners, so we recorded it. We did it. They know. And I felt so alone and so cold. She's referring to Good Morning Midnight, (laughs) a.k.a. The Midnight Sky. Yeah. And this is one that has, like, surprisingly high ratings on Goodreads. Yeah. And I wonder if, it again, if if it's one of those books that it's just the hype. And when you actually get to it, the hype is carrying a lot more than the book is actually worth. Oh, no, Jennifer. It's beautifully written because she uses a lot of words to describe beautiful things. That's (laughs) you know a book is beautifully written and the polar bear was friendship and friendship was in us all the time (laughs) the polar bear was the friends we met along the way (laughs) oh my god okay yeah no um here's (laughs) one that we did not read for the podcast that i also really disliked thankfully i'm pretty sure i didn't pay for it i'm pretty sure i got this one on the like amazon free book you can borrow so many a month whatever it's called when we believed in mermaids it has a really interesting beginning. Josie was killed years ago in a train accident during a terrorist attack. But then her sister, Kit, sees live coverage of a club fire in Auckland. And oh my God, that's Josie right there. And she even has the same scar. So Kit goes to New Zealand to solve the mystery. Like, what the hell? I thought my sister has been dead for like 10 years. You know, what's going on? 
and then the book completely falls apart because there's this whole backstory about their crappy childhood and then also present day both sisters are like super cliche and they're like super privileged really badly privileged and then suddenly the author was like yo i think i want to make this a romance novel instead so then kit has like this whole romance thing with this random guy that she met but their true love and then josie it, it, you know it, it is josie but now she's got a new life and you're like but why what was so wrong i'm not spoiling it you know this pretty fast why did you completely abandon your family and the answer is stupid i really wanted to like this book because part of it is set in santa cruz i used to live in santa cruz but it's and like it the 89 earthquake is a major part of it of their childhood trauma i i lived through the 89 earthquake i was stuck in a little it was bad. Anyways, my point is that I wanted to like this book. It had things that I could have really liked, but the way that the execution of it was just so poor and the resolution was so, so cliche. And it just, it just really felt like the author was like, I'm going to write a book. And I've got this really cool idea about like seeing somebody who's supposed to be dead. Give me an advance and let me go live in New Zealand for a while. Oh, fuck. I better finish this novel because I've already spent my advance. I do want to go to New Zealand, but I have read other books about New Zealand. So there's a lot of reasons I want to go to New Zealand. This book, I don't, I just, no. By the way, New Zealand is awesome. I totally recommend going there. Yeah. Anyway, so okay. that's, that's. There. Are you, how many more books do you have on your? Um, now I just have a couple from our podcast that I disliked. <laughs> okay. Cause I think we have our top one that we dislike together. And so we should save that to the end. Okay. Okay. Oh, well, oh God. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So, okay, so, okay, go ahead. Do you have another one that you disliked? Or, um, or no? Okay, so I'm going to mention this because okay. it was such a disappointment and I don't want to pick on authors who you know, are new or struggling, still finding, whatever. Salman Rushdie should know better. So two years, eight months, and 28 nights was just a huge letdown. Mm. So it's one that I just kind of struggled to get through. I, I really was not feeling it after maybe 20 pages, but I stuck with it because oh, it's some rusty. I've liked his stuff in the past. Oh, not this one. So don't make this your first one. Skip it if you can. Just really not worth it. It's just kind of this meandering nowhere land. Hey, I have a book that was a meandering nowhere land. It was called Amityville Horror. <laughs> and yes, I said it That's right. That's a nice segue. Amityville Amityville whore. This book, and you will never say it right again. Amityville. No, I said it. Don't you got it? Calamityville. That's how I'm going to say it. Calamityville whore. This book was awful. It was not written by people who know how to write. I think is the problem, right? So, and then the story also was bad. So it was bad. The whole thing was bad. The movie was better. The book was awful. Listen to the podcast. I was bitter about having to read this book. By the time I finished it, I was just angry. <laughs> also, in 2020, in our season of 2020, I suffered through Ready Player One for the second time. Mm. Also, didn't did not enjoy that. You can listen to the podcast for my variety of reasons why. Although, to be fair, that that was the first podcast that I recorded via Zoom, but I didn't have good mics, and he neither did he. And it was like I'm so still so sorry about the audio quality of that episode. But yeah, technical right. issues aside, it's not a good book. Yeah, <laughs> it's just a list of geek. Yeah, 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 yep. It was bad. Okay, 
Okay. Also on my list was Christmas story. Christmas story. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. I know. I know. You curmudgeon. We have different opinions. It's fine. Whatever. Not. We don't need to rehash. Okay. 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 I'm down to two. I'm down to two more from 2020. And I'm pretty sure that at least one of them is the same one that you think is the worst book. Yep, I'm pretty sure we have this. I think we should try and say it at the same time. Okay, but I have two. If you wanted to save that one for the last one. Okay, but I don't know which one it is. Okay, that's not helping me. <laughs> okay, well, it's the first letter. I was going. Oh, yes. Oh, that is not the same. Okay, so tell oh me, goodness. tell me, tell me. Go ahead. That one's on your list. Wild, the lost from lost to found on the Pacific Crest Trail by Cheryl Strayed. I didn't like it the first time and having to go through it again, I hated it even more. <laughs> I felt that way about hillbillyology. <laughs> it was a close second, but I was like, oh, I don't want to pick two memoirs uh, <laughs> and hillbillyology. And you're right. Like if you want to read something along those lines, read educated. It's a much better version of kind okay. of that sort of memoir. Yeah. Coming from but this. To wild. This, yeah. It was, it was wildly unentertaining. <laughs> Yes. Agreed. But my absolute worst book from 2020 from the podcast was The Mountain Between Us. <laughs> I thought about that too. <laughs> oh my God. And that, okay. We read that book and I was like trying to finish editing it the night before I had eye surgery. And so I'm like trying to get it done. I'm rushing through. I can't see terribly well there's a reason I have to have eye surgery and I'm so scared that my eye surgery is going to go bad for like a variety of reasons right I need my eyes I think if that was the last book you ever read exactly I was like this cannot be the last book my surgery has to go okay (laughs) oh my god (laughs) that would be so tragic that would be like twilight zone level irie yes <laughs> yeah it was a horrible book i like every now and then i think about the ending of that book and it just makes me mad all over again <laughs> yeah there you have it <laughs> the best and worst of 2020 books for us yeah we would love to hear your best books of 2020 your worst books of 2020 your favorite episode of our podcast and from 2020 and uh sure why not your least favorite episode of our podcast in 2020 let us know send us an email at pages and popcorn podcast at gmail.com or go to our website at kmmamedia.com we have a bunch of different little places there where you can leave feedback and send an email and etc etc you can also sound off on our facebook page technically on twitter although to be honest i don't check it as much and we how have an instagram so if you really feel like you need to tell us how you feel but uh you don't do any of the other social media things you can find us on instagram and also kind of sort of on goodreads so hey we're we're in all the places man um they haven't banned us because we are not you know inciting insurrection also we're not on pinterest but you know Give it, give it a couple years. Maybe we will be. I don't know. Yeah, the Pages and Popcorn podcast. We don't incite insurrection. Yeah, the bar is really low. <laughs> this was fun. <laughs> okay, and happy reading, uh, Jennifer. Happy reading for 2021. I've already read books that I enjoyed, so I'm, I'm excited. Yes, I have too. It, it's, it's been off to a good start. It, yes, yes, I have not hated any book yet this year, which is 
which is good. I mean, you know, we're three weeks into the year, so that's impressive. So right? how many books have you read so far this year? Four. I'm doing pretty seven, good two, considering. Three, four, no, I don't want to hear six, you. Seven, shut up, you. Eight, nine, ten. Uh, I okay. I've dropped dramatically. I'm reading half as much as I was, and I'm reading a lot more than normal because I have. so cool. Yeah, so there we go. Yes. Remember, hey. friends, it's not the number of books you read. It's the books that you read that matter. That sounds a lot like, you know, anything will look like a penis if you look at it long enough. It's not the amount of books you read. No, it's it. Well, OK, but it is. It's true. It's not the number of books. It's it's the type of book. So don't read crap books like you don't have to finish it. You can put it down and, and pick it, you know, a different That's book. Why up. I have such a hard time picking a, a a list of books I don't like. It's usually if I have to read for a book club and I'm like, OK, I'll just power through it. Because yeah. otherwise, if so, pro tip to all of you out there: if it's fifty pages in, you're not into it, it's okay to let it go. Yeah, and even if that means that on your Kindle you have to make the font really, really big so you get to fifty pages when you've really technically only read about I don't know seventeen paragraphs, that still counts. You're allowed to put it down. And no. yeah, yeah, if no. you read one paragraph and it's just not for you, it's okay. It is okay. Yeah, life is short. Life is too short. Yeah. Um, I really do agree with you. I feel like sex and books and food should be enjoyable or you're doing it uh, like not maybe wrong, but maybe you need to readjust your expectations or just do it differently with somebody or else. Do a readjustment. Some sort of readjustment. <laughs> Since you're saying, you know, if sex if it doesn't ring your bell, you're probably doing it wrong. Well, yeah, you could make an adjustment. That's important. Yeah. Yeah. Put a pillow under your knees and start over again. I mean, wait, no. <laughs> podcast okay you know what we've been recording for like holy shit like an hour and a half i love how every every 45 seconds jennifer removes yet another cat from one side of the screen to the other and i'm like are they circling around behind her or are they just like it's like a like a clown car of cats you know on that one so this side. is mr bond this is mr james bond he's a tuxedo cat and he likes to be over here and rub and he wants cuddles and i'm like i'm doing a podcast <laughs> and i did not prep so here's mr james podcast cat going i'm getting love that i kind of wanted but not like this yeah. not like this 